This is why we worship God, because nothing about him has changed. He is just as good today as he was yesterday, as he was 100 years ago. He is just as good. That is why he deserves my praise. Worship Music is excited to announce the new project, The Church Will Sing, a compilation of 10 new songs written by the writers of today's most well-known worship songs. We want to feature you and your church's voice, but time is running out to be involved. Visit thechurchwillsing.com today to learn more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Louvre Community Podcast where we're passionate about providing you with quality and affordable resources to help your band sound great, but most of all, to help you sound like you. We want you to be the best version of yourself. That's what we're passionate about. And uh, today we've got a great interview. Yeah, we do. My friend Rochelle Burlock. I've led worship with Rochelle for years. Um, We met here in Chicago probably 10 years ago, and we've led hundreds of times together. Mm -hmm. And um, what I love about this interview is it reminded me again of just like, Rochelle was someone on a team who like was always kind of quiet. You know, she didn't maybe have like the leadership role. Like she wasn't the person in charge making the decisions. Um, But she'd be in on all those meetings and just quiet, humble. And you never really knew exactly what she was thinking until, you know, once you ask her, like, hey, so Rochelle, like, what do you think about this? And you would find that once she starts speaking, there's like a river of knowledge and wisdom and passion and creativity and anointing i think like god-given thoughts and revelations and you're like oh my gosh like why have we never asked rochelle before what she thinks and it makes me think like how many people are on our teams who are maybe quiet maybe they're not the main leader we don't take the time to ask them to share what they think like what would happen if we gave those people more opportunities to lead to really take leadership you know maybe that is like leading a song even (laughs) on a sunday morning or Maybe uh, leading the band practice or reading a devotional or maybe sharing something in the service like from scripture or something that's on their heart or, you know, just some sort of other leadership opportunity. I feel so many times I see leaders just hog the stage. By what I mean by leaders, like the people who are in charge. It's almost like they've like, no way, I'm not letting go of this. Like I've spent my whole life to get to this point. And now that I'm at this point, I'm never letting go of it. And no one underneath me is ever going to be given an opportunity. And I feel like I see that all the time. What would happen though is if those leaders, if we take time to be like, all right, let's let the Rochelle on our team speak and lead. And I think by not doing that, we're missing out on so much. Like, cause it's such a blessing to me. I know for me, like when I'm like, Rochelle, what do you think about this? Or Rochelle, like what scripture would go good with this song? I think I was leading with her a couple weeks ago. I'm like, Rochelle, like what scripture would go good with this song? And she like started pouring out all these scriptures. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've never even heard of that before. And that's amazing. Like that's such a perfect way to tie those two songs together. And if I didn't ask her that, we're all missing out so much. Yeah. You know, um, the people are missing out. 
I'm missing out. Right. Sometimes I'm like, man, geez, I shouldn't even be leading. Like, I'm just, Rochelle, you just take this. Like, you've you've got this. I don't know. It's just such a great example because now, you know, she's in leadership positions now and she's like really like taking it and running with it and impacting so many worship leaders, uh, specifically female worship leaders, because there is a huge, I feel like hole almost for like leadership, like for women, mm-hmm. like coaching for women worship leaders. And Rochelle, that's kind of like her passion. She's like, I'm going to help women uh, musicians, women worship leaders really be fulfilled in their calling. That's and awesome. uh, she's doing a great job with that. And so I love this interview with her. I know that people are going to love listening to this because she just has so much wisdom to share. And, um, and most of all, I just, I love her heart. She's a passionate, anointed worship leader. So this is my interview with Rochelle Burlock. Rochelle, welcome to the Loop Community Podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Matt. It's so good to have you here. You and I are good friends. We've led worship together probably, what, 100, 200 (laughs) times? Probably, probably more than we can count for sure. (laughs) So we were on staff together at a church here in Chicago, and uh, we're we're still leading worship together. We do, at another church in Chicago. (laughs) Yeah, at another church. It's always good. I always love leading with you. Such a talented vocalist, but more importantly than that, you're such a uh, anointed worship leader. And I feel like whenever you lead, like you can just... (laughs) You just really do such a good job at like welcoming God's presence into the room. And encouraging everybody else to like jump in and like, and be real. That's what I love. And you can hear it in your voice. Just love leading with you. And so just let everybody know a little bit about, you know, just what's your background? Like, how did you even get started leading worship? My background is singing, singing, singing. I come from a really huge family. I have um, seven sisters and two brothers and we all sing together, but we sing a cappella. So I kind of grew up right out of the womb just singing. I remember when I was little, my mom sat us down and she was like, sing this and sing that. And you're an alto. And I was like, okay, I'm an alto. I don't know what that means, but I'm an alto. And uh, so I just started singing with my family, kind of traveling around Chicago, being like this, you know, huge family singing group. And I've heard you guys before and it is mighty. It is the so burlock cool. Tin, the yeah, what did he call it? Tin. Oh, is that what it's called? The Burlock Tin? <laughs> no, it's not called that. We just say the Burlock family. Family singers. Um, like the Von Trapp family singers. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but black, though. We're black, so it's different. <laughs> <laughs> no later housing for you. <laughs> no. Um, so just started leading around, and then we came. To, I came to a church in Chicago and kind of just made it my church home and got involved there right away, started in the choirs. Then I moved up to leading songs in the choir. And then I moved up to leading on worship team as a vocalist and then leading songs on worship team from there. And then to the point where I'm, you know, leading worship on my own and things like that. So that's kind of where I started. It's been quite the journey, but yeah, it's, that's my start. Just singing in the church with my family. and Right. So did you guys, for the Burlock Family Singers, is it always worship music? Is it all spiritual music? Or were you doing other stuff too? Yeah, no, we only did worship music. It's kind of funny because, like I said, we're African-American and we grew up in a very, you know, Baptist church. But we kind of have like a fusion of like gospel and worship, kind of like not the typical gospel, but not the typical worship. So it's kind of cool. And then all of our voices sound the same. So there's just a really like a, a really great like... Yeah, um, chemistry that we have together, and so, but yeah, we only do worship music pretty much. 
Yeah, you guys always sound so good when I've heard you. Well, thanks. <laughs> so then, as well as leading worship, mm -hmm. I know you've also written some songs, too, because I've written some songs. Yes, I've probably only written songs with you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I dabble a little bit in songwriting. I know that, like, I've heard it forever, that songwriting is a muscle. And I know that I just haven't flexed that muscle enough or exercised that enough. And I want to do that. But I, I feel like I needed to like have baby steps. And so I'm happy that I like I can say that I wrote a song with Don McCoy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <Right>. And, <laughs> oh, and so just dabbling a little bit here and there, but nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So you're a gifted worship leader. And you also have this thing that you started recently called Women That Worship. Women yes. That Worship dot com. Right. Yes. Women That Worship dot com is the website. Tell us about that. Like what what is that? Well, Women That Worship, it really just was birthed out of a, a need that I was seeing in the church. Like I said, I went to a really large church and I was leading worship and I couldn't understand why in the beginning, why I felt so alone. I'm like, I am surrounded by people. Why do I feel like I'm kind of figuring out this thing on my own? And I always say, you know, I think that women in worship they're very much the majority because there's so many women on worship teams all over. But I also think they're very much the minority because you don't have a lot of females that are worship pastors or worship directors. You have a lot of vocalists and most of them are volunteers and they're, they're, they aren't a part of the community the way that someone on staff will be a part of the community. So oftentimes they're kind of left out there to kind of figure it out wow. on their own. I've never thought of that. You're right. Yeah. That they are the majority and that yeah. for the most part you see worship leaders, you know, it's a male, you know, mm -hmm. it's one guy on stage, but then he's got like four women totally. next to him co-leading and it almost seems like the uh the male worship leader gets more TLC, what shall we say? <laughs> yeah, because and it's 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 a legitimate thing. They're on staff. They they get to be a part of the service planning meetings. They get to be a part of the creative direction for the worship team and for the worship for your church. And a lot of women want to do that, but they just don't know where to start. And so women that worship is a ministry that's kind of designed to be a community of women that worship God with their voices and with their lives and in every way. And I want women that worship to kind of bridge that gap between the female worship leader in the local church in the middle of nowhere that's starving. She's on an island by herself and she just wants to figure it out. She has the pull of wanting to be a good steward of the things that God has put in front of her, but she also knows that there's only so much she can do. And so I want women that worship to be that middle ground of where like, hey, this is a place where you can come to have community. This is a place where you can come to bounce your crazy ideas off before you get into worship planning meetings so, you know, that you don't look silly. <laughs> uh, this is a place where you can collaborate with someone on songwriting and service planning ideas. This is a place where you can get affordable resources as a female worship leader like um, a lot of people want vocal lessons and they're so expensive. Well, I want to develop and design a CD that you can buy where you can do vocal warmups and a three-part vocal lesson. Those kind of affordable resources for women to take and take back to their church. And right. then they feel like they're bringing something to the table. They have a community of people that they can go to and everybody wants to be a part of the community, yeah. you know, somewhere where they belong. And I love that it's women that worship because we're all worship leaders. We all worship the Lord. We're all filled with the spirit. We all are working out of the same, you know, cup 
there, but women are different than men. And I can only speak from my experience as a female. And that's why I love it because it's so specific to the female worship leader and the female ministry leader. Yeah. And it's so good and so needed because I do mm. think that women are overlooked. I mean, in many areas, but yeah. I do think in the, in this, in the worship uh, genre, it feels like, you know, it's so male focused. We constantly have yeah. women who even contact loop community and they're like, Hey, I'm trying to buy tracks, but you know, these are all in male keys. Like I need them in right. female keys. And so exactly. we've had to develop yeah. ways for, you know, our app to be able to transpose to any key because of that. Yeah. I heard that Meredith was one of the voices on Loop Community because I was, you know, messing around with it one day and I was like, right on, Meredith's one of the voices. That's right. Yeah. I know. Have, have the female, you know, kind of cueing off everybody of where you're going. Yeah. That's right. It's That's good. Right. So, okay, so you do coaching as well. Tell us about what that looks like. Yeah, so Women That Worship, like I said, it just started out of, like I did a session at my church's annual conference and it was kind of just put to me like, hey, get all the women in a room on the worship team. And, you know, so it was kind of a thing where we just all sat around. And what was so crazy that there was so much commonality, but we didn't talk about it. And I couldn't understand why we weren't talking about these things and why we weren't doing it. So. It came out of that. And out of that same conference, it was a great time in the Lord. I mean, it was an amazing time in the Lord. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You showed up. I really felt like chains were broken. I really felt like the Holy Spirit was really ministering to the hearts of the women and to my heart as well to see even all the things that I had dealt with and gone through and experienced and figured out on my own, how I was able to turn around and extend that to somebody else. I mean, it overwhelmed my heart. And a girl came up to me afterwards and was like, I really want to do this with my team. You know, I just really feel like my team needs this. They need to hear some of the things that you said and that you experienced with the Lord. And I was coaching her. I was like, go girl, you can do it. Sit them down. This is how you should do it. Blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, okay, we're going to do it. When can you come? And I was like, oh, I no, I, I'm not. No, you should. And she's like, no, you have to do it. And from then on, I mean, that moment up until now, I've probably been to about 20 to 25 churches just doing wow. a Women at Worship event. It's a bunch wow. of women. Get your team together. Let's have a day of encouragement in the Lord. Let's let's uh, go through some practical worship tips and things that will help you out. Let's deal with some of those spiritual battles that we're all dealing with. Let's get into the word of God and deal with it. And it's been phenomenal. I mean, it has been going so fast that I can barely catch up with it. I'm like, okay, Lord, maybe slow down a little bit because I want to be able to help yep. um, more people. So Wow. I think this is going to catch on fire because I think it's so needed. I think even men, like, Men worship leaders, men pastors, yeah. I think maybe don't even know how to even relate exactly, <laughs> and lead exactly. women worship leaders. Yeah. And so what yeah. would you say, like, what are some of the struggles that women worship leaders face? I'm glad you brought that up because I think the biggest thing that we face is this weird, like, in-between of, like, I don't relate to, you know, male worship leader, or I think it's just a communication barrier. Like, I think that we want to be noticed, but not to the point where we want to be a squeaky wheel. We just want to be regarded as a regular team member, just like anybody else. We want to be given opportunities just like anybody else. I mean, I would say the biggest thing is that a lot of women don't talk about things that they deal with because they feel like it's a personality flaw. So they don't want to go forward and say how they feel because it's a personality flaw. And I think that sometimes we can be our own worst enemy because of that. And we don't step out and take those opportunities that we can take. And we kind of sit back and wait for permission. Mm -hmm. We wait for permission from our male worship leader to say, yes, you can sing that song or yes, this, this and that. 
And I think that we just need to lead the way that God created us to lead and be okay with that. We don't have to lead like a man. We don't have to, you know, be all these things. We just have to be who God created us to be. So I, I would say that that's one of the bigger things. Right. Wow. That's good. For men worship pastors who might be listening to this interview and they're leading their worship departments and maybe there's females on their worship team, you know, and is there any advice that you would want to give to men as they're leading the women on their teams? Yeah, I think this is a really important thing because as many of the churches that I've been into, I've talked to all of those you know, mostly male worship pastors, and they have such a heart to care for their team. And I have seen so many that have done so much to meet these women where they are and to to come and bring them into the community. But all of them always say the same thing. I hit a wall and I don't know where to go from there. And it's so funny. I think the biggest thing that I learned from all of this, I read an article once in the Atlantic and it was called the great confidence divide. And it, it basically was this huge company. They were trying to figure out why women weren't coming out for like VP positions. And they knew that they had so many women in the company that were able, but these women wouldn't even come out for the job. So they did a test. They put out this job. They knew that there would be men that would not be able to do this job. And they knew that there would be women that would be able to. And so they had so many more men apply than women. So they pulled the men in and said, hey, you only had 60% of the requirements that this job required. Why did you apply? And the guys, you know, most of the guys' response was that, you know, I figured I would pick up the other 40% when I got there. And they pulled the women in. Now, these women who did not apply for the job, they knew beforehand had 90% of the requirements that it took to do that job, yet they didn't apply. So they said, why, you know, why didn't you apply? And the women said, because I didn't have the 10%. And I thought that was so profound. And they basically just rested on the fact that a lot of times with women, as they become more competent, they become more confident. Mm. And I thought that that was so profound because it's so true. I meet and talk to so many girls that are like, I don't want to do it because I don't know how to do it. And I meet so many worship pastors that try to coach women and say, oh, just be confident, just do it. And it doesn't work like that with women. Like with men, you can just be like, suck it up and do it or whatever. But a lot of times it doesn't work like that with women because we want to be more competent and then we will be more confident. So I honestly think it is just a communication thing. I think that if our worship pastors, for one, get over the weird, like, I can't talk to a girl in a room because she's a girl. And I'm, yes, have moral fences and boundaries, but regard her as a sister in Christ and be okay with that. You know, be okay with that, but communicate. She wants communication. She just wants communication like everyone else. And so I think that if we just start upping the communication, because I've sat in meetings where they're like, oh, you know, this guy isn't singing this, we're moving him. And then they'll be like, okay, this girl isn't doing this. We're going to move her off this song. And then I would just slowly raise my hand and go, is anybody going to tell this girl? And they're like, oh no, well, we're just changing up the plan. Hmm. If you do not tell this girl that she is off this song, she is going to rack her brain for 24 hours thinking, what did she do wrong? She must didn't sing right the last time. It's all about communication. And I think that I think communication is needed between male and male and male and female, whoever. But I think it's needed more so between male and female. Just over communicate if you have to. And I, I meet a lot of the men and they love the women that serve on their team. They want to help. But also, it's just a lot 
to deal with. It's a lot. They have so many things that they're doing and so many things that they're taking care of. And that's why I think Women That Worship is so great because it gives those women a place to be cared for, but also to still be a part of their church. Right. And as well. Yeah. And trained. Because I think and that, trained. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right on in that when they feel competent, when they feel like, oh, yeah, I know how to run a rehearsal. I yes. know how to read a chord chart. I know to, yep. how to, you know, choose song arrangements, how to build a That's set right. list. I know how to direct a drummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when mm-hmm. all those things happen, then I do think that women will flourish in their leadership. But the problem is that men aren't giving these women the opportunities in the first place. But I also think that sometimes, like I said, in my own personal experience, I think it sometimes is a little bit of a combination. For me, I was waiting for permission. I knew that I was. And I, you know, the Lord really impressed upon my heart, like Rochelle, I have created you to worship. I have created you the way that I have created you because I want you to do something. My opinion of you is the most important opinion. My will for you is the most important thing that I want you to do in your life. And I was discouraged because sometimes I felt like in the places I was in, they didn't have a plan for me. I watched their plan for everybody else. But then the Lord was like, I have a plan for you and focus on that plan that I have for you and do your due diligence to do what you need to do to get where I am bringing you. And it took a lot of me stepping up. And I tell women this all the time, be prepared the best way you can, but leave it open-handed. You know, if you're leading the first song in the set, you want to do a call to worship, but you don't know if they're going to let you prepare, sit with the Lord, spend time with him, work on a call to worship and bring it to your worship leader with open hands and say, Hey, I'm leading the song. I want to do the call to worship. Nine times out of 10, the worship leader is going to say, that is one less thing that I have to worry about. So you go ahead and do it. But a lot of times we think that we have to wait kind of for that permission. And I just don't think that men, they're just not thinking about it like that. They just are going and going and doing and doing, you know, and not really thinking about the fact that we're kind of waiting around for that. But you do have other cases where it's a different story and that's a whole, that's a whole nother segment, Matt. But (laughs) wow, that's really, that's really good. I think they're also needs to just be more, you know, communication, but I think also humility on the man's part. Yeah. Of like come true. on, like let the women, you know, lead a song. <laughs> let them yeah. lead the prayer, let okay. them lead the worship <laughs> focus moment, you know. Yeah, totally. What yeah. a crazy idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Profound. Right. But I do think uh I don't know how to say it exactly, but I think that just like there's some things that only a mother can do, you know, for a child. And like, there's some things that only a father can do for a child. And the importance of both of those roles, I do think that there is something about the female worship voice that does something special that is unique. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And it's the same thing in the way of care. You need that good balance. You need a male worship leader in your life sometimes to say, suck it up and get over it. And some women worship leaders do that as well. But I'm saying you you need that balance. You need somebody that's going to be tenderhearted and you need the grace and truth balance. And that's why I think women that worship is a really good spot because you're going to get what you need out of both places. It is so difficult for a male worship leader to feel like they have to carry the burden of both of those things, just like it would be a single parent. You know, it is hard for one person to carry the weight of caring for someone in that way. Yep. And there are a lot of churches that don't have strong female. I was so blessed to be at a, at a church where there was strong female representation and leadership. Mm-hmm. I was able to watch strong female leaders 
And that gave me so much God confidence that, you know, if God can do that in them, he can do that in me. So I think that balance is totally needed and totally necessary. Right. My favorite times leading worship are when you and I are leading together and we're kind yeah. of co-sharing the whole set. <laughs> yeah. Like you're, you're totally. doing some prayers, you're doing some worship focus, you're also leading some songs. We're yeah. kind of kicking it back and forth. Those are some of my favorite times. So who, who would you say are some of your favorite female worship leaders and female role models? I would say, like I said, I've had, I have been very blessed to lead with some very strong female worship leaders. I led with Meredith um, Andrews for probably 10 years. And uh, it was just really great to lead with her because Meredith is so spirit led. And I think that's so very important. I actually think a lot of churches is missing that because they are so on the timeline that they, you know, if you pray too long, oh my goodness, you know, and they, and it, th- that's a problem. And I just love how she's spirit led. And I just love how her worship is very genuine. Like she is going there and she doesn't really care if you're not. I mean, she does, but you know what I mean? Like she's going there and she's just been a really great friend as well. And uh, one that's really unique to me is I've also led with Heather Headley for many years. She is an artist, but she's also a worship leader. She's on Broadway and all that. Yeah. For those listening, just so you know, she was the first uh nala nala from the lion King. yeah <laughs> yes elton john wrote the songs for her himself so incredible super impressive and very yep. scary to worship with her because she's incredible <laughs> and i'm like really you want me to stand really right but you know it's so funny with heather it took me a very long time to appreciate her worship and not in a bad way I like she's a phenomenal worship leader but you know it was my judgmental mind of like but she's a performer and how does this go hand in hand and yep. what, what does that look like and what and you know it was so funny I was listening to and I told her this so she would you know be yep. weird about it but um I was listening to the little drummer boy one Sunday and it, they got to that part was said, can I play for you? You know, I play my drums for you. And I don't know what it was, but God immediately convicted my heart and brought me to heaven. It was like, you've been so judgmental. And I am so able to appreciate her worship now because right. she gives everything yep. just like she would at a Broadway performance. She gives herself to that performance and she puts all of herself in that. And when she leads worship, she gives everything. It's almost like, Lord, here is my best worship to you. Here is my best performance. Here's my best everything, my best voice. And I'm going to give that to you. And I really learned that from Heather, that when you show up to worship, you show up because of who God is, because he is worthy to be praised. And I will never, ever forget that in my life. You always show up. You always bring 100% because God is worthy of that and so much more. Yep. You you do that too. You always show up. Well, thanks, Heather. <laughs> I know what you mean. She she like brings it. And yes. she is a performer. And it is mm-hmm. interesting though because I think she's really figured out like because you can kind of tell like that when there's worship leaders like performing and it kind of feels like they're like making it about them. And yeah. Heather is performing, but it's more of, it's effective communication. It's effective leadership. Like she's actually figured out like how to do it to be an effective worship leader. Yeah, just like a dance. If I dance for the Lord, I would want to give my best performance for the Lord in my dance. And so I just appreciate it so much more. Like, yeah. So Rochelle, is there a song or an album right now that when you listen to it, it like just grabs your heart and moves you like, just so deeply. Yeah, I have been stuck on uh, Elevation Collective did this album called Evidence. I love and it. And what they did was they, oh my gosh, it's the best. I love it because I love it for several reasons, but I love it for this reason. 
I love that they took their songs and wanted to appeal to a different demographic. And in doing that, they didn't just try to like gospel it up on their own, which is fine. You know, if those are the resources that you have to do, that is fine. I say do that. But they sought out the best. I mean, there are some of the best gospel artists. Yeah, they brought in Tasha. Oh my gosh, Tasha Cobbs, Kiara Sheard, uh, just so many, so many amazing gospel artists that do gospel and worship music very well in their field. And I think they get so much mad respect for that because they didn't just try to throw something together. They actually sought out the best and they have the resources to do that. So I'm not knocking anybody that doesn't, but I just love that they took that into consideration And they did it. But there's a song on that album. I think it's called Do It Again. I'm pretty sure that is the name of the song. And it's called Do It Again. And there is one line in that song that I can never get past. I'm like crying at my desk at work. I'm like crying whenever we sing. I can't even get it out. And uh, basically the chorus is your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. That line right there, it is so simple, but it is so true. Every time I listen to the song, which is pretty much every day, I am reminded of the fact that I am not alone, that he has not left me. And for that reason, I can have confidence. And for that reason, I can worship him in every season. You know, I have my own personal worship philosophy, and I developed this years ago because I love that I go to a church with a, you know, a great worship philosophy, but I feel like that's not always going to push me through. I have to have my own personal worship philosophy because I need to know that when I step on a stage, any stage, whatever, this is why I'm doing it. And uh, my worship philosophy comes out of Hebrews 13 and 8. It says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I love that because... One day I was, you know, I was having a really hard time and I remember thinking, I don't feel like worshiping. I just don't feel like, I just kept saying it. I don't feel like it. Uh, You know, things are not good right now. This is crazy. I don't feel like worshiping. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, that's not why you worship because you feel like it. And he brought me to Hebrews 13, 8, where it says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I was like, this is why we worship God, because nothing about him has changed. He is just as good today as he was yesterday, as he was 100 years ago, as he was. He is just as good. And that is why he deserves my praise. Not because things are going great in my life, not because everything is together or I'm getting my way or whatever. And he doesn't deserve not to be praised because I'm not having a great day either. He deserves to be praised because he is constant and unchanging. He is God and nothing, no matter what my circumstances, nothing has changed that. And so I developed my own personal worship philosophy so that when things weren't great with my church or think whatever environment that I wasn't hooked to that thing or that purpose, but what God was calling me to was to worship him in any season and in every season of my life. And that's why I love that song because it reminds me of my worship philosophy that he is faithful. I am still in his hands. This is my confidence. I can have God confidence in knowing that he is who he says he is. I can't say that about anybody else in my life. My mother and my father have not been as faithful to me as God has. So that alone des- deserves wow. praise. Wow. You know? Amen, sister. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I I agree with that that album too, Elevation Collective. I love in that first song when Tasha Cobbs hits that like oh, really high yeah. note and she's like, uh, a miracle can happen now. And she has this like yes. growl in her voice. I'm like, oh, gosh. 
Elevation oh, is yeah. on fire. Yeah, for sure. Wow, that's so good. So Rochelle, what is just, as we go, what's like last parting advice that you would give to a, a woman worship leader? Maybe maybe they even play in the worship team. Maybe they're playing bass or drums. or Yeah, exactly. What's like your one thing that you would just encourage them in? Well, the one number one thing is always worship. Always worship. No matter where you are in life, no matter the circumstance, no matter what's going on around you, always worship the Lord because things change when you do that circumstances change and mostly God changes your heart when you choose to worship him in all circumstances in every season of life there is always a reason to worship I heard this quote one time and I really truly believe that you can even take the high road even in the valley you can take the high road even in the valley there is always a reason to worship the Lord even if things are at their worst you can always worship and the next thing I would say is lead where he has you a lot of time in my own personal experience, I felt like I was waiting to get where I wanted to be, to really shine and really give God my all. And the Bible says that when we're faithful with a little bit, then we can be trusted to be faithful with more. I think that even so with the word grateful, if I'm grateful with a little bit, I will be grateful for more. I guarantee you, if you're not grateful for the little bit, you're not going to be grateful for the more because it's never going to be enough. Lead exactly where the Lord has you. If God has you as an acquired member, you lead all of your heart. You give God every part of who you are in that choir until he moves you on, if he moves you on to something else. If you're a vocalist and you're a BGV, you lead with everything. Your countenance, I don't care if anybody can't hear your voice, your countenance should be like startling to people that like, wow, this girl is really worshiping God and she loves him. If you're a vocalist, if you're an artist, if you're a worship leader, lead exactly where he has you and give God your all exactly where you are because he's worthy of it. So good. Rochelle, where can people get involved? Where can they get in touch with you and join the community? Get in touch with me at womenthatworship.com. You can email me at womenthatworship at gmail.com. We have a really great uh, thing coming up. I've done a lot of conferences and I always get with women and encourage them. And then I don't know what happened to them. And God really put it on my heart to have a worship mentor program where we would assign a worship mentor to you to come alongside you in your journey of worship leading. So that's our like biggest thing right now. We really want to bring support to the women in the local church. So www.womenthatworship.com is a place where you can find me. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Just hit me up. I would love to connect with you. That's awesome. Well, I asked you about your female worship leader role models, and I will say that you are my female worship leader role model. (laughs) I was hoping you would ask me about the male one because I was going to say it was you. Oh, I I, Honestly, I just want to say this real quick. I know you have to go. You know I'm long-winded, Matt, so I don't even know why. (laughs) But um, there are very few worship leaders, male worship leaders, that I can say really gave me the opportunity to lead without even it being a second thought. Like They weren't like, okay, now I'm going to give you this song to sing. And I, it wasn't a spoon feeding kind of thing. It was very much like, I'm opening up this opportunity because you are a worship leader and you're here and you're standing next to me and I know that you can. And if you can't, if I'm not 100% confident you, that you can, I know that you want to. And I know that you will give it your all and continue to grow in that. Right. And I so appreciate that. I mean, I never would have thought that I could be doing the things that I've been doing if I hadn't had the opportunity to do them. And I can honestly say that you have given me so much opportunity and, and advice and 
just so many things. So I uh, really appreciate that. Rochelle, I've always believed in you. I love leading with you. Yeah. I really do think that God's going to bless what you're doing here because this is such a need. It is so important and there's not a lot of it going on, it seems. No, yeah. And if it is, it's very expensive. And I'm like, right. oh, you know. So I think this is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast yeah. and I'm looking forward to leading with you again soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Matt. It means a lot to me. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, community. Our indie spotlight this month is Bill Lutton. Bill is a worship leader based in North Carolina. He's a new artist and just released his first two singles, Your Promise and Glory in Me. Bill wants people to experience the fullness of God when they hear and sing his songs. Let's hear from him now. You know, when it comes to writing praise and worship music, I can't think of anything more inspirational, more exciting, more passionate uh, than writing about the risen Christ. And so I spend a lot of time around 1 Corinthians. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we've got sort of the earliest account uh, of the risen Christ. And down in verse 54, it says, death is swallowed up in victory, which is just, it blows my mind. And and it forms the basis and the climax for this new song, Glory in Me, which is built to kick hard. And it's built to uh, allow worshipers to really look within themselves and, and to stop focusing so much about uh, on the bad and the things that they'd like to, to change about themselves and to recognize the glory that, that Jesus has put inside of us. Thanks, Bill. Now let's listen to his new single, Glory in Me. You This is Community Talk. Derek, what did you think of that interview with Rochelle? It was great. She's awesome. I've met her a few times. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she'd know who I am, but I've definitely met her. Did and you ever see awesome. her sing at NDCC? I did. That was actually where I met her the first time. Um, both of you were leading on yeah. stage. And she has an amazing voice, and she's awesome. Yep. And yeah, what she had to say was so good. I was really surprised, but it made total sense to me when she said that female worship leaders are the majority because the majority of singers and the majority of worship leaders are female. Yeah. But they're also the minority in the fact that there aren't that many female worship pastors or female worship leaders who are like leading the entire service and in charge. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was kind of blown away by that. I can't think of one. Like, honestly, when I think about like all the churches that I've been to, I can't think of one church that has a female worship pastor in charge. Yeah. The one that just came to my head was like Darlene Sheck from like Hillsong, but that was like mm. 20 years ago. Yeah. I can't think of one church that has a female that's actually in charge of the worship. All of them have, you know, female worship yeah. leaders that like right. assist in the band or sing with the band. So it kind of talks about what you said before and what was talked about in the interview of there's a need for yeah people like Rochelle to yeah. lead female worship leaders and um, teach them and train them and help them grow. Right. That was really interesting to me. I also liked when she talked about communicating with your team. I think it was huge. One of her examples was they were going to change a song and they were just going to tell this girl Sunday morning she wasn't in the meeting and they were just going to say, hey, you're not on this song this week. 
And it wasn't her fault. There was no reason for that. Um, but she wasn't on the song. And Rochelle was like, are we going to tell her? And they're like, yeah, we'll tell her like right before. Her. Right. Um, whatever. And she's like, you can't do that. Like, if you tell her right before, she's going to think the entire service, what did I do wrong? Maybe I'm not a good singer. Maybe I can't sing yeah. that song. Right. Um, when really was they just wanted to change it up. And that's important as a leader, regardless of if you're male, female, or anything. Like, yeah. talk to people. Communicate why things are changing. Don't just come down from the top and be like, this is how things go. Right. Um, I know for me that if I was, like, kicked off a project with no explanation, I would be like, well, I messed up. Like, what did I do? And I yeah. stress about it when maybe it was completely not my fault. Yeah, communicate to your worship teams. Tell them maybe why we took a song out this week. Maybe why you're asking a different guitar player to play this time. Yeah, and that kind of even tied in with the Dave Workman interview yeah. a couple weeks ago too about like communication of, of realizing that like not everybody's at 75,000 feet. Right. Maybe they're seeing it from a 30,000 feet view, but that still means you need to be able to communicate to them like why things are changing that it's yeah, not because of sure. something that went wrong at the 30,000 feet level right you know yeah it's loving to do that it's loving yeah. your team well by communicating right. the ways to which the team runs and why things happen that's a common theme that comes up yeah for sure in a lot of our interviews and talking to people right and i think that's because often it's done wrong hmm. and so there's a lot of talk about well how can we do it right how can yeah. we start getting better at this people avoid it <laughs> yeah that's true because maybe they don't know how to do it, so then it goes wrong. And right. they're like, well, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. Better just not to say anything. For sure. When really, actually, I think it does more damage when you don't say anything. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah, it was so good. What else? Another thing I noticed was she talked about, like, presence on stage. Yeah. Uh, performance versus worship yeah. and, like, where that line is. Like, totally. how have you handled that line? I was actually just talking to someone at breakfast a couple of days ago. who They were saying, like, what is interesting is that when you watch, like, a worship team start, comes out, you know, the countdown ends, band starts, and everybody's just like, you know, hands in the air, like swaying back and forth. And it's like, well, you know, worship leaders would know that you just walked out of the green room where you were probably goofing around with each other, throwing candy against the wall or something. <laughs> and then you like immediately just like flip the light switch somehow. And all of a sudden you're like in the presence of God. And he was just talking about how like, it's important to like, just be authentic yeah. and genuine. But I think that also means that you do have to take that leadership responsibility seriously in that moment. You do have 30 minutes to lead people. And lead is the key word here. Like you have to figure out how am I going to lead most effectively? Mm -hmm. So you can't just be like dead as a doorknob, right. <laughs> you know, on stage. Because people, you know, if they're sitting 100 feet away from you, they can't see any sort of movement. They don't even know what's going on. Like are people half asleep on stage? And they're going to mimic you too. But I think also like it is weird because you hate to use those words together of mm -hmm. like lead and perform. <laughs> Right. Especially when it comes to worship. Yeah. I mean, it would be so much easier to be like Bono. Of course, who doesn't want to be Bono? Right. But there is a weird line that you have to walk. Yeah. Because, yeah, worship isn't performance, but in some ways, it's leading well, leading effective. So, for example, when I first started leading worship, I would just get up and close my eyes and lead worship. Because I'd be like, the authentic thing to do would be me worshiping. And then people would follow me because I'm giving them an example of how you should be leading or how you should be worshiping. Right. So I thought it was just more of an authentic thing. Well, I'll just do what I do. The problem with that, though, is that then I'm forgetting that there's 600 people out there that are following me. Right. <laughs> and if my eyes are shut the whole time, I'm not paying attention to the people I'm leading. Yeah. which it makes it hard to lead if you're not like actually engaging with people. So there is this performance aspect in that like you have to like engage with the people you're leading 
otherwise they kind of just check out and they're like, well, right. Some people were probably thinking, well, I guess Matt's having a good worship time right now, but hello, like earth to Matt, like where is he? Like we're all here, you know, cause he even like leading with us is he with us. There is a weird line that I think you do have to like walk, but I think being who you are, but coming with leadership, it does take like, you need energy. Like you need to do whatever it takes for that 30 minutes to be effective as far as your leadership. And then of course, leave it up to God to do the rest. Like, for sure. But there is a line where you can go too far. You can go too far. Like that interview where I had that guy, right? He was like doing like guitar kicks. And yeah. That can go way too far. And I think people can smell that. They can yeah. sense it. Right. And I think that's actually what my friend was kind of talking about coming out of the green room and just flicking a switch. You know, you have to kind of take people on a journey with you. Yeah. And not everybody can just like flip a switch like that. Right. <laughs> you know? So finding ways to like just be real, but to like be like, come on, people, like let's do this together. And I'm not going to do anything that you can't do. Yeah. You know, so, oh gosh, there's so much in this interview that we could talk about there was. for a long time. But I think the key is we need to be pouring into the female leaders on our team. Mm-hmm. And I use the word leader carefully because I'm saying, I think that anybody on your team is a leader. Yes. I'm talking about not just the main female worship leaders, but right. the female leader from Keys, the mm-hmm. female leader from Guitar, the female leader who's singing, the female leader who's running your PowerPoint or your pro presenter. Yeah. Like every one of those people is a leader. There is so much that we can all get out of letting everyone else on the team contribute and speak and share and use their abilities that God's given them. And we should not quench that. And so that's, I think, what Rochelle is trying to dig at. Of like, come on, like, let's give people opportunity and raise these leaders up. And that's the responsibility. If you're in a leadership position where you're the guy in charge, mm-hmm. that's your responsibility. For sure. It's not your time to like hog the stage and make it all about you (laughs) but how to raise up all the people around you whether male or female Mm -hmm. so it's awesome always good talking with you Derek yeah you too love these podcast interviews if you are listening to this podcast if it's helpful to you if you can hit the subscribe button that way you will never miss an episode and uh, leave us a review we read every single one of them and care about them and care about our community members. So until next time, this is Matt McCoy signing off. And Derek, see ya. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Loop Community Podcast. You haven't subscribed yet? Come on, it's free.